Welcome to Real Estate Real World, where we talk to the movers, shakers, and leaders that are getting it done right now in the real estate industry and beyond. Your host is Marguerite Crispillo, and she started this podcast simply to talk to cool people about what's really happening in this crazy roller coaster ride of real estate. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and stay up to date on the newest stuff by adding yourself to the list at www.realestaterealworld.com. Now your host, Marguerite Crispillo. Hello, everybody. This is Marguerite Crespillo, and welcome to another fabulous edition of Real Estate Real World, where we get to talk to all the cool people in real estate, the ones who are doing it, who are the movers and the shakers, people who are out there uh, working hard in the trenches every single day to make the American dream come true. So today we have a very special guest, Nellie Tatum, right, is from Houston, Texas. And I'm actually cracking up as I'm looking at her bio because it says, is anyone's bio ever really completely written? I don't think it is until the moment they cease to exist. So I think that's cool. And it says that in 2009, she began her journey in real estate. And what she found along the way was an industry in the midst of a technological revolution. She has made a career out of helping small to medium-sized firms, individual real estate agents, and real estate brokers transition into the new age of real estate. This new age is dominated by social media branding, mobile app technology, and CRM systems. To help real estate agents navigate through the infinite possibilities, she has opened a real estate school called the Realty Geeks, in which she both writes and teaches mandatory continuing education classes. Most of the classes and seminars she offers are created to engage agents and educate them on the real-world application of technology. She trains agents on marketing and branding technology as well as transactional technology. Learning these skills could have a major impact on any agent and promote business growth. Most importantly, learning these skills could keep them relevant. This also includes training real estate agents on techniques to provide uncompromising service to today's consumer. Wow, got all kinds of good stuff in there. Thank you. So welcome to the show. Thank you for being here today. Oh, thank you for having me. You bet. So, you know, it's so funny that we're talking a little bit about technology today because okay. literally okay. yesterday, oh, sound, did you turn on the sound there or something? No. You didn't change anything? I can hear the echo in the background a little bit. Didn't change anything at all whatsoever. Okay. It's all better now, I think. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Um, so we're talking about technology and we're having technical problems. That's how it always works. <laughs> yeah. um, but I received, I put a house on the market yesterday and I got three different agents calling saying they're trying to write offers and crazy as it sounds. So we're here in California. And so we have the California association of realtors and our documents, our win forms are through the California association association of realtors site. And their site was down yesterday for a few hours. Oh, wow. Which blows me away. I can't believe that that even happened. But apparently the California Association of Realtors site was down. And so everyone was in a panic. Like, you know, old school days, we had paper that we wrote our offers on. And now nobody writes offers on paper. And so we were a little jacked up yesterday without being able to access our win forms. Right. Crazy. Right. Now, <laughs> I actually keep forms. Actually, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a techie but I actually still have that paper feel. So I still actually keep copies of 
um, just basic offers, you know, your buyer's reps and your listings and, you know, your one in four, that sort of thing. I actually keep paper copies just in case for that reason. And I don't, I'm not even a competing broker. I'm a non-competing broker at my brokerage, but I still keep them in my purse, like in a folder or in my bag. (laughs) It's crazy. Um, because technology does fail sometimes. Uh, even when I go and teach classes, you know, I prepare, I go in and I check their AV equipment and sometimes there's not an aux cord there or they're, you know, or they're not compatible with my PC or something, you know, goes wrong. Therefore I'm still a good, I'm still a big fan of paper backup. So what did you do? Um, did you, because I mean, that's a multiple offer situation. So we, you gotta, we had to, we had to sit it out and wait a little bit. And finally the, um, the site went back up a few hours later, but it was down for a few hours. So what was that? What was that conversation like with your buyers when you, well, I was representing the seller. Oh, you were okay. So, right. And so two things were happening. The one agent who was trying to put in an offer, couldn't get her offer written to get it over to us. And to my seller, we were not able to write the counter offers because a, we hadn't received the third offer. And the other thing was we weren't able to write out the counters to respond. So we had to sit it out. So write we... out the counters. Okay. Well, but at least it's a good thing that you were on the seller side because I can only imagine the agent going back to the buyer and saying, uh, we're going to have to hold on. <laughs> she was panicked, you know? And so I was trying to work with her and say, it's okay. Yeah. We'll wait. I mean, I knew she wasn't lying. We were all, you know, we were all down. Uh-huh. <clears throat> the entire site was down. So I knew she wasn't lying, but it was so funny because everyone was like, well, what the heck do we do? <laughs> you know? It was kind of a crazy, crazy situation. So it's funny that we're talking about technology today when we had this. So, so how, tell me a little bit about your background. Like how did you get into real estate? How did this? Okay. So I am just as stubborn as all get out. Right. So <laughs> I'm 29 years old. I, At 20, around 28, I bought my first home. That's when I was introduced to real estate because like everyone else, they think, oh, wow. When you go shopping for your home, I can do this. I can do that. (laughs) That's not that hard. So I got bit by the, I could do this bug. And so at 29, I decided, you know, throw in the 401k. Let me, you know, go into real estate and start a business. I started studying different broker models while I was in real estate school And I was stubborn and I said, I don't understand. Why do these people pay brokers money? Now that I'm a broker, I understand. (laughs) But at first, yeah, at first I, I create, so I created a corporation and that corporation, I had a broker sit on the board. So that way the checks would get paid to the corporation as its own brokerage. Like a real business. Like a real business. Yeah. Um, and I, rec- I um, recruited agents and I started then looking into the technology that real estate was using because I came actually from a big, everybody in the world is going to hear this. So I came from a big company and company A was, I mean, a multi-million dollar company corporate, I mean, multi-billion dollar company corporate global. And they were using this old a the old system i forgot what it's called but it was like the as248 black screens green blinking cursor oh yeah yeah old school <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i'm like this multi billion dollar corporations using this and when i got into real estate i realized oh my god there's just so much technology that 
you know, that would help the realtor or that could make their life easier as far as contact management, as far as transaction management. Um, and I started looking at all these different things. No one's at that point, no one had really pulled everything together. You know what I'm saying? There, there's bits and pieces here and bits right. and pieces you take from different things. The only person who was close to pulling together was Google. I actually uh, built a relationship with Google and had them come out and talk to a whole bunch of agents um, when they started releasing like Google work and agents started opening their eyes to all of the platforms that were out there. Um, now, since 2009 to 2016, even there's been a huge, you know, leap in technology for real estate, you know, um, now, as far as CRMs are concerned, um, I'm using one of them, which I think is one of the best ones in the world. Um, am I allowed to say their name? Yeah, go for it. Boomtown. I love them to okay. death. I do. Um, and I'm using one of them. I'm using that CRM and I love how it connects text messaging. Um, it connects text messaging with social media with, it just brings all your platforms together. And before pre-Boomtown, what I had to do was use like Talk Fusion uh, to do video marketing. And then I, you know, I had to use another system for text message marketing. And then I had to use, you know, um, like MailChimp for email marketing. So I like, you know, that uh, the technology is coming together now. Um, we're in Texas, so I don't know how California is, but I still think that as as Texans, we're a bit stubborn and that push towards technology as far as real estate agents is coming, but it's not as fast as other markets. How are you guys in California? Because I... I think for the most part, the, we're right on top of things, but okay. you know, I would like to say that the whole world is, but it, I think that that is universal and that there are some agents who embrace it and there are some agents who fight it to the death. <laughs> like I remember, I mean, this is how long I've been in real estate. So I got into real estate in 1993 mm -hmm. and we didn't have MLSs yet. We had old school MLS books where we had to meet each week and update our books and that kind of thing. And I remember when the computers came around, people were like, oh, no one's ever going to do that. How are you going to stay up to date with the information? We need to meet every week and get the books. And then we had, then when the MLS came in, it was those black screen computers with the, you know, the, right. the old DOS prompt type of thing. And we had the old DOS. dot matrix printers and, you know, the whole bit. And so like, even now, I think that some of the technology, like not many people around here anymore have a fax machine. Right. And so fax machines have pretty much gone by the wayside. Like we don't have a fax machine in our company right. anymore. And I literally was talking to a bank the other day trying to work on something. And they're like, well, you have to fax it to us. I'm like, can I email it to you? <laughs> and they're like, no. I said, so the only option is fax. She said, yes. I said, that is insane. So, I mean, and that's what, you know, we're all dealing with now is that, you know, fax is kind of the next thing to go, right? you know, right. I mean, you have to have a good scanner and a good printer and that kind of thing now, but so you're, you know, you're still feeling like, well, I mean, like, and within real estate, like I said, well, cause I think out here, the average age of the agent is like 57, 50 something. So when you have a, a producer, you know, who's been in the business for a while, I actually, you know, I can actually see the, I can see their point of view, you know, upset everything when everything's already working, you know? <laughs> right. It's like, why fix it? You know, yeah. it's working, but, um, 
you know, obviously more and, and more younger people are coming into the industry and the technology is changing. I mean, there's still people who barely are using email, which just blows me away, you know, but it, I mean, it happens. There's people that struggle with it and, you know, you think it's all good. And then a situation like yesterday happens where the entire you know state's association website goes down and everybody's scrambling, you know, what do you do? So I, I agree with what you said in the beginning, you know, there's always going to be glitches in technology. And I just think you have to learn to embrace it. Yeah. Like the industry changes constantly. I know that in my 23 years, it's constantly changing. There's always something new that's coming along and, you know, upsetting the apple cart, you know, so to speak. Exactly. And so, and that's what, you know, like we were, we touched on it earlier, like, um, the, the new um, lock boxes coming out. Now, Zip Tours already use, are you familiar with Zip Tours? No, we don't have Zip Tours. Either. Okay, so they're a real estate company. I believe they're trying to go nationwide. Um, and what they do is they actually have their agents, their buyer's reps, actually Skype their clients. So their clients come in, they get their clients pre-approved, they get their driver's license, they get their social, and then they tell their clients to go out and go to the homes. And when their clients go to the homes, they actually get a special code for each client to enter into lockboxes. So a buyer can go on their own. Yes. And with, with no agent, with no agent, except for, and what if the seller is there? Well, they make, what they do is they make, um, sometimes they make the appointments or when they're out there, they have to request the code right there at the door. So you have to, you know, you have to kind of work the scheduling out. So let me get this straight. Cause we don't have anything like this in California. Uh -huh, uh -huh. I don't. So and, I'm and a buyer. For everyone who's interested, look up ziptours.com. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. So I'm a buyer uh -huh. and I want to um, go see a house, but what if I don't have an agent yet? Well, zip tours will become your agent. That's what I said. Like they have to actually pass the security clearance that zip tours does. I don't know. Like you said, if I were a seller that I would just want someone walking into my house. Especially without an agent like that makes me nervous because what's to keep somebody from sending you my driver's license but giving someone else the code right right like there's like tracking purposes and stuff i mean so you guys also have because i've had a lot of conversations about the potential for uber real estate right, right. to right. Like lower lower the requirements and and lower the fees and the whole bit to save costs for the consumer right and everyone fights it all the time but isn't it, i don't know if it's in your neck of the woods but there's a company called 10 minute realty yes is that in your area? It is. It is in our area. And so a buyer would call this Zip Forms or, or Zip Tours or 10 Minute Realty. Say I'm driving out around one day and I happen to see a sign in the yard and I want to see it right now. Right. I could call one of those companies and gain access to that house right now. Well, you gain access to the realtor. So you would call like, you know, 10 Minute Realty or uh, I think there are a couple of other companies out there. Their name doesn't quickly come to mind, but you can call them. And what they'll do is the, they have um, the technology or the software to ping whatever agent is in that area that's signed up with their um, system. So you get a little ping um, and then you as the realtor can go over there and access the home for them. Um, you get their information. Uh, is this affecting? I love fees the idea. Or commissions or it's not um, really affecting the market too much right now. Okay. 
I, I think it will in the future. Definitely. Um, I, I worry about realtor safety on it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I love the idea of being, um, a technology agent. I love the idea. I'm like, Oh, that's great. Um, but I just worry about the safety on it because potential, potentially we have a foot fetish guy out here. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> he just calls agents so he can take their shoes or sniff them or that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we literally get updates. They haven't caught him. Like they haven't. Just... We literally, and you know what? I don't even think it's one dude. I think there are copycats out there, but yeah. <laughs> Because I'm like, there's just no way he touches too many, you know, agents. I'm like, this guy's pretty busy. I think there's copycats out there. But, you know, let's say foot fetish guy wants to look at a home, you know. Now he has the ability to stand outside the home. You know, he logs into the app and, you know, an agent comes over to where he's located. Uh, I wanted to incorporate it with my brokerage. I have seriously been struggling with it. Um because I think it's a good way to advertise yourself to a buyer because you meet the buyer right there or the potential buyer or the prospect. Is everything going to turn into a closed sale? No, we already know how that goes. Most of the time, internet leads or leads off of apps or people who you're going to have to end up nurturing anyway. Um, but at least you get that face-to-face -face and you get that capture. However, with everything that's going on lately, and you know, you know we're big on our guns in Texas, I just think it's just a potential for, for something bad to happen. If I imposed it, I would definitely have my agents go in groups. I've looked at some ideas like um, having my newer buyers agents after they've been trained with a seasoned agent on how to do an open, uh, how to show a home and, you know, things like open the door, let them walk in, you know, all those safety things after they've gone over that then the two would actually go and show maybe like a Uber real estate company or be on for Uber real estate company. But then you're talking about trying to manipulate two real estate agents at the same time, being able to go show um, at the same time. But that's definitely something I always look at what I do it myself. Um, and I don't think that I would do that myself. So I don't know that I would let my agents do that uh, by themselves. Well, do you think that that is working its way towards um, limiting the need for real estate agents? Like, you know, we've that's been a big conversation of, uh, you know, chain, making huge changes in the way that real estate is done. I mean, if a buyer doesn't need an agent to see the inside of the home, that what what part is going to be eliminated next? Well, I think the buyer agent is going to move into more of a service position. Um, I just read an article on this today. The buyer's agent is now going to be more of the type of service you provide, um, the value you bring, because no, you're no longer, you know, showing houses or taking them around. I don't think it's going to be an elimination. I think that there are going to be more listing agents hitting the market, yes, because the buyer's agents are going to dry up. Um, but I think still the buyer's agents that will survive are the ones that can find value or provide value to the clients. No, 
I might not need you to open the door, but I do need you to negotiate the contract uh, because I've never done it before. I do kind of, I don't know, you know, where to go for inspections and this and that. I don't know anything about the process at all. Um, so who do I turn to? And that's going to be the buyer's agent. And if the seller does have someone representing them, I would want someone representing me. I think that it's going to take a lot of the association, um, the association and the agents in the industry educating the consumer on what the buyer's agent can do aside from just opening the door. Uh, well, interestingly enough, I did a podcast um, a few weeks back with a, a good friend of mine, Dean Jackson, mm -hmm. who's an incredible marketer. <clears throat> and I had the conversation with him too about, you know, what part of real estate is going to change. And, and the interesting thing he said is that you can't digitize the last hundred feet. Meaning there's, you know, the, all the stuff that you can do to make the process simpler, right. but exactly what you said, the negotiating, the, the kind of touch points, the feel good parts where right. it's like calming their fears and having those conversations, uh, you're not able to digitize. Right. Right. Um, and that's why I say, I think the ones who, um, are just, you know, basic buyers, agents who can't think outside the box or who don't catch on that, hey, you know, there's a revolution coming, start now to show your value, they'll probably roll over into becoming listing agents because you'll still always need, almost, you'll still need a listing agent for right now. Um, right. But uh, those buyers, agents that are going to thrive and survive are going to be those that provide some kind of value again. Um, I myself, I prefer listing over doing um, buyers, but I don't think that agents should be scared of technology and scared of technology taking their place. Uh, because at one point, remember when agents used to put, I mean, my agent put us in her car and you know, oh, yeah. drove us around, you know, um, me, my husband and my two kids <laughs> right. in a car seat and she drove us around. And that's not typical anymore. Families take their own yeah. car, right? And so right. we thought at first, or buyer's agents might've thought at first, well, you know, I still need to drive them so that they know, you know, so that they can see the value. No, that's not where the value is. It, driving around is not where the value is. It's nice. It's a good service. Um, but the value is, did I get a home for a good price? Did I, you know, did you alert me to some of the potential downfalls that could happen? That's the service. That's the long-term right. goal there. Um, right. So, if you, the frilly parts are good, but if you're really good at what your job, if you're really good at your job and you're really good at those basic services that people need, the important ones, then I don't see a problem with technology. I say embrace it like you do. Um, the only thing is like with the 10 minute realty, safety um, is of the utmost importance. The consumers are definitely, we definitely have our millennials entering the market. So they are the, I want what I want and I want it right now. Um, but I think that Gen X's and maybe people older than millennials still have to consider, well, I've been in this industry for a while. And even though you want what you want and you want it right now, hey, there's a protocol. This is for my Process, safety. This yeah. is for your safety. Um, you know, we do this. We do these steps because of. And I don't see anyone um, who's a legitimate buyer saying, you know, like the 10 minute realty app calls you, I would even say, okay, well, we have to meet, you know, 
at a public place first before we go to the house. Please let me check your driver's license and ID. Let's meet at a Starbucks close to, or maybe there's a builder close to, so you can look at a model home and get some ideas and then we can go look at that house. There's gotta be a way to work it around, but I'll be honest with you. I think there are a couple of companies right now working on some kind of safety features to implement with, you know, those kind of. So what, what other technology do you see coming down you know, the pike that, that might be something agents should be more aware of or more conscious of? Well, the besides the door and 10 minute, um, the Uber-like uh, technology, um, I think that agents should be more aware. I read another article and uh, about home services, the technology with home services. Uh, this is far down the future, but like even NAR is starting to look into, or uh, I think endorse, you know, kind of look into home services technology and, you know, the smart homes and things like that. Um, I think we should begin looking at how we can intertwine our marketing with these smart homes because people are going to start, you know, asking for referrals on these smart homes. I know, um, they're smart, uh, they're smart homes that will say, Oh, you know, like your, if your electricity is out, then you call, you know, the smart home provider or the home warranty provider and they'll give you referrals. Well, smart homes, what happens when you want to list your home? You want to sell your home. Uh, I think these smart homes will be able to then say, you know, here are the list of realtors that are in your area. These realtors have now sold this and this and this, and they've sold this in the neighborhood. I think big data is what's going to drive the industry uh, all the way home. So, and big data, like, um, what do you call it? It's a, what is that listing? Zip. I forgot the name. I'm so horrible with names. I'm sorry. That's okay. But when I look it up, I know. So what they do is they provide you information on people who potentially might list. Oh, okay. Right. There's a core data, core facts. Yeah, or... something like that. Yeah, there's a there's another name for it. Um, essentially, how they get this information. So this is what realtors should look out for. So Target did an experiment, and I I say this in in some of my classes. They have, you know, you get a Target card, you know, or a Kroger card or whatever. So they take this information off of your card. You bought bubble gum, um, then you bought pickles and ice cream, and then you also um, bought a baby monitor or whatever, right? So they take this data. Okay, this person is about to have a baby within, you know, one to two or, you know, three months or whatever. And they send that data they they send that data to you know marketers and then all of a sudden you're getting in your mail you're bombarded in your mail or bombarded on your email yeah that like hope that happens on facebook right now if i go do a google search next thing you know it's showing up in my facebook feed right right and i really think that's another thing so i've always been big on facebook um i think that facebook live you know they had to come up with live to take over periscope because periscope was gaining some really good traction right um but you know that when you turn on your phone actually google has the access and facebook i'm sorry has access to listen to your background um information and then they can market to you based on you know things that they've heard in the background from the microphone of your phone so i think that um we're going to have to start paying attention as agents we're going to have to start paying attention to big data because the agents who do will be able to get the jump on the agents who don't uh because it's one thing now all you know 
all real estate transactions begin online. But what if you knew someone who, before they even got online, if you had their email address, before they even got online Scary, to search it? for a home, what if you got their email address? And you can take their email address, put it in Facebook. And what if you could friend them? And then they say, wow, isn't that amazing? I was kind of thinking about buying a home. And then this realtor friends me. So I think that's the type of stuff that we're going to, I think Facebook's going to pay a, play a big part in that. And I, People, you know, they pay for, you know, the Zillow advertising and the things like that. But I think they should also save their budget for big data. I think that's where your marketing dollars should go to, in my opinion. And you can get that information off of Facebook. Yeah, that's that's well, I know Facebook now, too. There's I mean, the marketing strategies on Facebook are endless. I right. mean, there's so much um, information that they're collecting and people are voluntarily giving it. Right. right. I mean, you're giving. Right. Who's all your family? When are you having parties? When are you having babies? When are you making life changes? Every bit of that is being expressed on Facebook. So you can really target your ads, right? When you do your ads, you can literally target, you know, all kinds of things. I right. mean, the data is ridiculous. Right. Like, it's so crazy that people are so worried about information, yet Facebook has created this environment where people are so thrilled to give it. Yes. <laughs> That is a good point. I'm like, oh no, I I won't give my bank account over the phone, but I will share my bank card information or my credit card information because it's Facebook. <laughs> or the other one is, you know, like one of the questions that's always asked as a security question is where were you born and what's your mother's maiden name? Right. Well, that's super easy to pull off of Facebook. Right. You know? Now it's like, and people do that little, you'll see that little, uh, paragraph that'll go around says this will be fun everyone say where you were born and you're like oh you know they're collecting everybody right exactly <laughs> you know? exactly and there's someone First at facebook place. who started that thread and actually somebody posted that the other day and said you know these little copy and paste questions that you know go go viral doesn't it seem like they're trying to get your account information your they seem like answers to your account information but you're exactly right i sat through a um, risk management class at our association and they specifically said that's what people do. They go on your Facebook. Your birthday is there. Um, your mom is there. Your sister is there. Your high school you went to is there. Your high school friends. Um, if you're in a relationship, your husband, your anniversary. So those are all Everything. horrible things to use as passwords. <laughs> so uh, speaking of Facebook a little bit, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, a bit about Facebook groups. Okay. Because that's actually where we met. Yes. I mean, well, online, we met in a Facebook group yes. and, you know, more and more of these groups are popping up for real estate agents or the real estate industry. Right. <clears throat> but I also see a lot of misinformation and conflicts going on in those groups. Yes. Uh, you know, and people kind of engaging in. Bashing each other. I, you know, yes. I said that the other day. I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to leave some of these groups because it seems like people just go there just because they had a bad day and they just want to take it out <laughs> uh, because yeah. the groups were meant to be encouraging. Um, but I will say as, and I try to look at things, you know, on both sides, I will say as real estate agents, we are very competitive by nature and we do have this certain air about us. I think you have to, you have to be a little bit bold to be in this business. Um, and, and that comes with a little gruff. Um, 
And then, of course, you know, there's what I call keyboard courage. So it's a perfect mixture of that. Oh, I've not heard that. I like that phrase. Keyboard courage. So, you know, because you're, you know, you're talking to this realtor who's in Atlanta and you're in Texas and, you know, you're behind a keyboard. It makes it easier to, you know, spew out some of the stuff that people do. Um, And it's crazy when you see grown people bully each other on the internet, <laughs> but I, yeah, think- how do you monitor that? Like, how do you, how do you manage that with both your personal face, Facebook and your, I will tell you what I do. I actually keep two Facebook pages. Now Facebook is probably going to get me, but I do. I keep, um, one that's a private page that you'd have to know. Like you, the only way you could look me up is if you knew a private personal email address, Um, and that's the only way. And to know that email address, you would have to know my name way back before I got married and all of this stuff. So you'd have to do some searching. Um, and I use that for strictly friends and family. And I don't friend anyone in that group that I have on my public page. Now I have a personal page that's for my public personality, um, where I'm not hollering about how I want to spank my kids because... (laughs) (laughs) So, and, and that page is where I do my groups and things like that. Groups are really good, but what I'm getting what I'm thinking about groups is actually better use for buyers and potential sellers and nurturing them, um, putting people in groups who like, you know, I get these, um, because I use Boomtown and they do provide internet leads. I often will get Boomtown will also give you like their Facebook or their LinkedIn sometimes those people I will take and I will actually invite them into a group. No, you're not buying. I know you're not selling, but you were online looking. So if you were online looking here in this group, you know, for, you know, at at least, you know, once or two or three times a day, I'll put up a listing that I might have in the area or one of my agents listings, or here's some open houses you can go to that sort of thing. Um, and you don't have to get the notifications every day. You can just come in and browse. So that way I can look at, you know, who responds more, who's starting to respond more and then kind of, you know, feel them out too, as well. Um, I think groups are great for agents in that way. I've always been, I'm a broker. So obviously I friend agents, but in a group, we had that conversation where, I mean, people just kind of turned on me because I said, well, you never really see, even though I'm sure the, the, the CEO of McDonald's and the CEO of Burger King play golf every Saturday, right. they're not Facebook friends, right. you know? So I don't, I tell my agents, I do, I just tell them there's no need to really friend that many realtors. You want consumers. You're not going to get as much, you know, out of Facebook if you just have all these realtor friends, unless you are recruiting or you're in, you know, or you're selling something to realtors. So that's why the groups, the Facebook groups for realtors, they're good for good ideas. I think one or two groups are enough though. I don't think that, you know, maybe one or two mega groups and then a local group, but I don't think you have to join all this just a bit much. Well, funny, funny thing is when you were talking about agents, friending agents, is it I know this one particular agent and she doesn't she doesn't let any of her clients or anything or consumers come on her Facebook page, right? And but then she always advertise she doesn't want clients on her page cuz she's worried about what she'll post or something, right? 
Uh-oh. And but the funny thing is, is that she posts when she sells a house or represents a seller or a buyer. I'm like, well, who are you posting that for? <laughs> then are you trying to like prove to the other agents you're working yeah. or, you know, like, why are you posting that if you don't want, you know, consumers and clients on your Facebook page? For me personally, I, well, I'm at 5,000 friends now, so I can't, mm-hmm. I have to unfriend somebody to friend someone. Mm-hmm. But mine is very generic. I don't talk about politics. I don't talk about religion. I keep it very clean and neutral. And that's what I have. It's, and I have clients, I have realtors, I have friends, I have, you know, affiliates Mm -hmm. and associates, everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just very neutral on Facebook. I know that not everyone is, and that's okay. I'm not judging anyone. I'm just saying for me, I like to keep things very, you know, like, going through the fields with rainbows. I don't know. <laughs> you know? Right. And you know what? Well, and I actually was very neutral. Um, then several consultants um, who I follow, they started saying, well, what is social media for? It is really to socialize. It is for people to get to know you. Um, so I started being now I'm sen- semi-neutral, um, like as far as politics are concerned, um, I'll say an opinion about one part. I'll say an opinion about the other part. Um, I'll say something good about one part and something good about the other. Um, but I will bring up my thoughts um, or or how I feel. Um, one recently was the bathroom, you know, the whole bathroom incident down here in Texas. Well, not bathroom incident, but we're still struggling with, you know. Oh, gender, yeah, transgender, yeah, right. Right. So, um, and I am on the side of, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm on the side of just having, you know, gender neutral bathrooms. I think that people have been using the bed. You don't know who's in the stall next to you. <laughs> exactly. I mean, they've been using them for years. You just didn't know. Right. We just, like I saw, I posted a thing and again, I stay pretty neutral, but I posted the picture where it showed the outhouse that the outhouse has always been gender neutral. <laughs> I love that. I'm like, why are people making such a big fuss over something? Right. So right. And I'm like, I mean, whether you have kids or not, at some point in time, your kids are, you go into the bathroom with your kids or you don't. Um, and right. I think it would actually make it easier for, you know, dads who, you know, need to go into the restroom with their little girls and stuff like that. Well, hopefully it'll cut down the lines on the women's <laughs> That's all I care about. I've actually, when I was younger, there was a club that came out here from Chicago. It was a Chicago style club and they just had stalls and it was, I, some of you people from Houston may remember Club Hush. It was total <laughs> gender neutral. Like you just went into a stall and you don't know what the person in the next stall is doing. Um, so I don't see a problem with it, but again, you know, and I did voice my opinion on it. Um, and I think that Facebook is a good forum to voice your opinion. Um, you want to stay away from two heated debates. What I do is if somebody starts, you know, they're really mad and they're really agitated. I definitely see your point of view. You know, I, it's, I, you are welcome to have your point of view, but for me, this is just how I feel. Now I'm not saying how you feel is, you know, any less valid, but this is how I feel. Um, so I, I think that we should engage a little bit more because people don't want to see the as far as content is concerned, people don't want to see your listings every day. Uh, I know. People don't. (laughs) I I can't believe, I still see some agents who are, I got a listing or I'm showing a buyer or this or that. And that's really great. But if you're showing a buyer and taking a picture now, people have moved on from that. We actually want to see the live feed, you know? Um, So if you're still. So what are you doing with Facebook live then? You mentioned Facebook Facebook live. Live, I haven't started my content on it. I'm really 
starting to think about my content for it. I think what I'm going to do to start bringing out Facebook Live, um, I'm actually teaching a class uh, or doing a seminar in July, which is called the Revive class, Revive Your Pipeline. Uh, so oh, I like that. Is that going to be online or is that going to be? It's going to be in person. I like, okay. uh, while I'm a real estate instructor, I love online courses, but there's something to be said about engaging in person. Yes, still. I agree. And you, yeah. you learn, you, to me, I retain a lot more when I'm sitting there in the classroom. And again, maybe because I come before the, you know, online universities got really, really popular. You went to class and you sat down and you took notes. Um, well, I think there's both, you know, it, it helps in both. Like I know we're starting in a couple of weeks, our, uh, we do our summer webinar series uh -huh, uh -huh. where people can log on. We do it on Tuesdays from 12 to one, part of our Tuesday tune-ups. And that's been great, but there's nothing like being in person. Absolutely. And I it's just have, not always the great opportunity for it. You right. Know? I think you have the right idea. Tune-ups, the little, you know, micro learning events online are great. Um, yeah. cause they reinforce like after you've taken the class or right before you've taken the class. So you can jot down notes on things that you, you want to ask. Um, and I think that is the way of using just my opinion, um, of using some of these, you know, webinars and things like that. But first time home buyers, there was a question posed in one of the groups the other day about first time home buyers. Are they actually going to first time home buyer seminars or are they actually going to webinars? So, you know, I've wondered about that for a while because we've done both. We've done um, we've done homebuyer workshops and well, we haven't done both. We've talked about doing webinars, but we've done the live, the live ones. Uh -huh. But I was just thinking, as you were saying that a minute ago, is why not do a live one, but do it Facebook live also. Right. Is that what is that where you were going with that? Well, I yeah. was actually going to say um the webinars are actually really good, but the comparison of the quality as to the ones who actually drive and show up and go to, you'll see that there's a difference between the ones that actually drive and go and the ones who are online. Cause a lot of people will tune in online. Um, but a home buyer seminar is something that is, it's not like, yay, fun, exciting, you know, <laughs> Right. You're talking about different type of mortgages and, you know, the process and to get people to tune in for that long to really get all of you have to be very, very engaging. Um, and the people that you do get, they're still going to need to be nurtured. They're down the line. Whereas the people who come in, um, they're a little bit closer to buying, you know. Um, so how did you get into doing, uh, teaching and, and speaking? I, like, I'm, I do a lot of that myself too, uh -huh. but I was curious what you are doing with that. How did you get into that arena? Are we allowed to use, um, are we allowed to use, um, expressive language, colorful language? Yes, you may <laughs> go ahead. Because I'm a shitty producer. I'll <laughs> I love it. Okay. No, we got be, it. <laughs> and when I say I'm a shitty producer, um, the first year that, you know, I started the corporation, I, I did great. You know, I did very, very good. Second year, it kind of slowed down, but I was still doing pretty good, but I got burned out. And, but I'm, I've always been good with people. I've always been good at talking to people, reaching people, um, helping them kind of tap into their inner greatness. And I was actually talking to a friend not too long ago. Um, 
who told me, Nellie, you know, cause I'm, I'm opening this brokerage and I'm like, Oh, I'm recruiting and you know, I'm trying to produce and I'm trying to scrub leads. And I, you know, and I have an office staff for that, but he said, you know, you, you keep fighting what you're good at. And that is actually training. So maybe you train people and they see you as a trainer and then, you know, they come on to your brokerage, but training is what you're good at and training and technology is what you're good at because I'm the kind of person, you know, if I find something, I'm up all, I am up online researching. I'm, I'm calling people until I find the answers that I need to find. And then I break that down and I transfer the information over to others. So yes, I'm a shitty producer. It got to the point where I was telling people, I pull up to the house and I'm like, Oh, just go in. It's the same as all the other houses. we. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's a great saying that says those who can do and those who can't teach, right? And um, it's, but- it's, it's absolutely true, though. It's absolutely true because um, being, I'm a non, well, put it like this. I try to scrub the leads for my agents. So I'm trying to be a non-producing a, uh, broker, a non-competitive broker is the path that I've decided to take. I want to teach them how to produce. So um, that saying is actually really, really true. Not that I can't produce. That's just not where my passion is. And if your passion isn't there, then you're not going to be good at it. So, right. So if your passion is there. I I know that I started, so my husband and I owned a large brokerage Mm -hmm. for quite a while. And we we got out of that the beginning of 2015. Mm And how we built our brokerage. Uh, My husband got diagnosed with Parkinson's, so the stress of running a large brokerage. And I wanted to actually do a lot more training and teaching and coaching, Mm -hmm. which is what now I run the Masterclass Real Estate Academy. I run this podcast and I do a lot of coaching and training. Mm -hmm. But how I started in training and teaching was when we first started our brokerage, you would have agents come and asking you questions all the time and I would get busy. And so... I started Tuesday tune-ups mm-hmm. and literally every Tuesday from 12 to one, I would teach and I would teach to anybody with any company. Anyone could come and learn from me because I don't think that you need to worry about information. It, there's no original ideas. So I would teach every Tuesday and then we took those and used that as a recruiting tool for our company and eventually took those Tuesday tune-ups online. When we shut our company down, that has all become a big part of what we've done in Masterclass Real Estate Academy. So that's how I started. That's how I started teaching and training. And so it's a great way to build your brokerage and to be able to just help the community as a whole by being able to teach and pass that information on. Right, right. Um, I actually do something kind of similar, which is called the Real Estate Jelly. Um, I do that. I do that like once a month and it's just basically open access information. I was speaking to someone at another, um, large mega firm and, um, they were asking me, you know, Hey, why don't you come on here? Why don't you, you know, um, bring your tech savvy and, you know, turn it on and, you know, work with our agents here. Um, because I don't believe that agents, especially new ones, I think this industry is hard enough um, as it is then to withhold or make an agent kind of pay for the basics that they should know. Because if an agent doesn't know the basics or the age, if an agent isn't helped in some sort of way, you know, 
um, or supported with education in some sort of way. Now, I mean, you want one-on-one -on -one coaching. Yes, definitely. That's something that you need to pay for. Um, be, but the basics, the foundation on how to build and how to grow, I think that should be open access to all agents so we can make them successful. Not only so that we can help them be successful, but so that the consumer doesn't run into that agent who... Yeah. <laughs> you know, whose broker didn't have time to show them this or, you know, that sort of thing. So I do the jellies. I've had agents say, you know, there's just some questions that I ask at the jellies. We call it burning questions. Um, so I'm like, is there something that you absolutely need to know before you leave today? And then it's kind of like a Facebook group, but actually live. And because it's That's live fantastic. and you're there, there's no one bullying anyone, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's so fantastic. Yeah. I just think, you know, education is so key in this industry. And, you know, there's a lot of it out there, but not a lot of the real world stuff, you know? Like, <clears throat> and I think the hard part too is that, especially when you're in some of these large brokerages, you just feel like a, like a little fly on the wall, you know? It's like, there you and you see these huge numbers people are doing and it just doesn't feel realistic and it doesn't feel obtainable. Does that, does that make sense? No, right. When you start seeing some of this and you see these big agents and if you're new or newer and you're thinking, gosh, how am I ever gonna get to that place? And so much of that education is designed for, you know, some of the bigger people, not necessarily the people, like you said, who are just starting out. I mean, I know that most agents, I, this is how I learned it was a sink or swim method, right? Here you go. Go show this house. Right. You know, that's it. Go, <laughs> you know, let me know if you have any questions. Well, the problem is you don't even know what you don't know. <laughs> you don't know what questions to ask. You're like, okay, so this is my Supra. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and I think uh, like the best education is experience. That's why I like to get a diverse group of agents, brokers in the room because they can, I mean, they help me, you know? So, I mean, just sitting here, you know, you and I talking, it's changes ideas. Um, so that's kind of what the jelly is about. You know, some people you can come and you can bring your laptop and you can just kind of sit in the back of the room and, you know, work and work on your contracts or whatever, or you can engage. I mean, everyone's welcome and open there. And I got that idea a few years back because people were starting to work. That's one thing about technology is distancing us so much. So people are starting to work from home even more, including real estate agents, because Really, for a real estate agent, what's the need for them to go into the office? Not the facts or the DOS right. MLS thing <laughs> <laughs> that you have anymore. What is the reason why you're going into the office? Really, right now, you're going into the office for the culture and the connection, really. That's the main purpose, so that you can still feel connected to something. So that's why I created the Real Estate Jelly. So, And that's why I say, you know, education is great. Is that something great. that's only in person, too, or is that something that's going to be online? What, the Jelly? Mm -hmm. No, the jelly, the jelly is in person. Um, what I'm really going to focus on online is kind of more of like, you know, my training. I'm, I'm really going to do, you know, the training that way. Um, the jelly just kind of brings, you know, all different ideas together. Uh, but I'm really going to focus more so the training online and those teachable moments. Um, that's something that I would do at Facebook Live. If I'm having a conversation with someone and it's a teachable moment, hey, do you mind? Can I Facebook Live this? And so, you know, here's a teachable moment for agents out there. Well, you need to do a couple of Facebook Lives in your jelly class. I, like I, know, I know, right? <laughs> I love that. Um, have you used Periscope yet? 
I've done a little bit on Periscope when it kind of when it was first coming out, uh-huh. but I haven't done a whole lot on Periscope. No, I mean, no. so comparing between Periscope and Facebook Live, which one is your? To me, Facebook Live, it comes down to convenience. Yeah. It's just Facebook Live, and I'm on Facebook all the time, right. so it makes sense, you know. Right. And I have already, you know, a ton of followers and friends and stuff on Facebook, so. The problem with Periscope for me is I felt like it was starting over and have to rebuild, rebuild all those connections all those things again. again. And I already have it on Facebook. So yeah, absolutely. it just makes it easier for me. So I, I am enjoying Facebook Live. I also have a group called Real Estate Success Strategies and Accountability. Mm-hmm. And I have about 1,800 or so members in there. It's not one of those mega groups, but mm-hmm. I like it. Keep it simple. And I did a Facebook Live yesterday. Okay, awesome. Because you can do Facebook Live in your group yeah. too. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And I'm enjoying Facebook Live a bit more. The only thing you have to be cautious of with Facebook Live is that you are actually live. Exactly. And so like Saturday night, we had some friends over and we were having a dinner party and they were Facebook living. And it was, you know, not necessarily a (laughs) Facebook Live moment. Like it's like you might want to record that first so you can edit Edit it a little bit and then put it up on Facebook, you know. So I just think people need to be a little, you got to be a little conscious conscientious of, of what you're what actually, you're actually like. putting on there and you do yeah. want good content because again you know people are just not going to want especially when you start facebook live you know and they give you the little indicator to hey i want more notifications when this person goes live well your your live has to be good for them to want to always you know well, and keep in mind too, something on Facebook Live, you really, it can't just be like 30 seconds or a minute because it's got to have time to go through the feed. Right. So if you're going to do a Facebook Live, plan to do it for like 10 minutes or, you know, five to 10 minutes or a little bit longer because it needs that time so to go, go through, through the feed so that people can see it. So Right, right, right. Pretty cool. Well, now, as we wrap up today, we've been yakking on and on. So uh, as we wrap up today, is there anything else that you would like to talk to our listeners about, like about what you got going on, what's coming up for you? Well, yeah, as of um, in July, um, I'm doing a a seminar on it's basically covering everything from Facebook pay to play all the way down to how to apply. You know, Snapchat is kind of entering in the arena yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> Snapchat's kind of entering in the arena. Um, that's going to be target marketing, though. It depends on who you want as your clients. Um, yeah, I'm still trying to figure out Snapchat. My 19-year-old won't show it to me. He's like, no, mom, get off my Snapchat. My 13-year-old won't show it to me. And it's because <laughs> she, show, she showed me Instagram. And really, I used it. I had the same thing with Instagram. I have a public and I have a private. And I tend to use my private a little bit more because I'm like trolling my daughter so she won't (laughs) (laughs) she won't show me how to use um the snapchat but um we've had to become stalker parents. yeah because then we become stalker parents but I'm going through all of that um as well as you know the kind of business model that works for you because like you discussed earlier I, I love technology, but there are just some basic principles that don't have to do with technology that I think that agents need to. So I'm trying to find that perfect blend. And that's what this seminar is about. Um, yes, social media, that when the good, it's a good time to post, how you should gauge your target audience, um, overlook niche markets and how do you approach them online or on social media, and actually the life cycle of a lead, uh, a online lead, because many people, they do purchase these leads from Zillow and all of that, and they're online leads, and they just expect 
you know, hey, you were online, are you ready to buy? And it's not that yeah. way. They need right. to be nurtured. And there are certain scripts and, and other things that ensure are points of contact that you can use and technology to help you use that um, or help you meet those goals to help you nurture those leads and convert them or have a better chance of converting them. Um, so, so I'm going so over all of that. People... It's a two-day seminar. It, so it's a, it's a live one then? Yes. It's, it's in person? Yeah, okay. I will do some um, Facebook lives um, so that they can, so that there are some teachable moments uh, that people can see because I plan to do this seminar throughout the end of the year. I think people are forgetting it. It's July. I mean, almost July. So, you know, next month we're over with half of the year. Exactly. Um, so we need to start planning or a successful realtor is planning for 2017 and their pipeline for 2017 and 2018. So we need to get that, you know, we need to get that started. And so that's why I'm working towards the end of the year. Now I know people are busy in the summer. That's why I roll it out in the summer beta and then at the do a couple of tweaks. But by the end of the year, when people are like, Oh my God, what do I do for next year? <laughs> hey, I'm you, you got them. You got them. <laughs> well, so if people wanted to hear more about you or get in touch with you, what would be the best way, Nellie? Best way is Facebook, realnellytatum.com. I always am on Facebook. Um, I do have my um, brokerage website, but this is um, the audience is realtors here. So if the audience are realtors, yes, the best way to get a hold of me is on Facebook because you don't want to see my listings, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been such a pleasure. You thank are you for so having awesome. me. It was awesome. Yeah, and thank you for reaching out. All right. So, if anyone's interested in getting a hold of her, please do so at therealnellytatum.com, correct? And we'll have those links on our website where people can get a hold of her. In the meantime, thank you so much for joining us today on Real Estate Real World, where we talk with masters in the real estate industry and leadership on how we can raise that bar in our industry. Please subscribe over on iTunes, and while you are there, be sure to give us a great review, please, and your reviews encourage us and help others find our podcast. Want to keep up with the latest stuff? Pop on over to realestaterealworld.com and add your name to our email list. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Go out there and help us raise the bar. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on Real Estate Real World, where we talk with masters and leaders in real estate and beyond on how we can raise the bar in our industry. Please subscribe over on iTunes. And while you're there, be sure to give us a review. Your reviews encourage us and help others find our podcast. For show notes and hot topics on what's going on right now in our real estate industry, pop on over to www.realestaterealworld.com and add your name to our email. Thanks again for listening. And go out there. Be a part of the elite masterclass in raising the bar on the real estate industry.